Hello and welcome. Thank you for reserving this hour to join me on Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie. I'm based here in the Seattle area, and I'm here to help you discover your voice and tell your story. I work a lot with writers who are working on their book about triumph and the journey it took to transform themselves. And it really is my promise to you, if you hang out with me, you're going to find that I am really dedicated to the stories we live by. It, it doesn't really matter. Is it, is it your love story? Is it your family story? Is it the business you're building? Is it the orphanage you are running in another country? It is something you do here. Whatever that is, whatever that story of your life is about, I would love to help encourage you to gain more voice around that and to express that story out in the world. Because this is my first day with uh, KKNW 1150 AM, I just want to thank the people that have taken the leap and joined me here. This is my second year. Or no, I have finished my second year. This is the start of my third year with Story You Talk Radio. And the mission is the same, really inspiring you to take that next step and be expressive. But I also want to introduce you to more and more authors that have really had a lot of impact on me. They've taken the leap already. They've gone through all the publishing. They've come to understand what it is they want to say. It's on print. It's, it's on paper. It's in print. It's in the bookstores. And so I invite these people to come to my show and to really inspire you and to just share with you what's, what's been that journey that I've gone through with the person and maybe a little about the journey that I think you might enjoy with them. So just a few people that I might highlight a little bit today. They're not with me in the studio today, but we will be talking about some of the work I've done with Robert Holden, uh, very prolific with Hay House Publishing for his books, Life Loves You and Shift Happens and Authentic Success, and the one that I've read over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, I have it on my my Audible. Are you familiar with Audible? You need to get Audible if you don't have it yet. I just let that lull me to sleep when I need to, but I also let it help me study. And the book he has on there is called Lovability, and it's it's read in his lovely English accent. And, and it's kind of a a call to action to really think about the relationship you have with love. And I really want to be clear about that. The relationship you have with love, not with your lover, but the relationship you have with the experience of love. So to honor Robert Holden, who is one of my coaches and I'm in his mastermind group right now. I would like to dedicate this show to him. This, this Valentine's Day is all about real love. 
And for those of you who are out there having a romantic and lovely dinner, carry on. Have a wonderful time. You probably don't need my help at all. (laughs) But for those of you who are single, who are hanging out like I am in the questions of what is real love and where is it and how do we tap into it? How do I experience real love and what will my life look like if I make a commitment to my relationship with love? That's what we're going to talk about today. It is my experience that when you recognize your heart needs you, you are honoring real love. When you recognize your heart needs you, you are honoring real love. We are going to take calls today. I am a life coach. I'm certified. You're in pretty good hands. Maybe not the best, but pretty good. I promise. And our phone number here is, mm, I think I have to do it by memory, one 298 kknw Or if you don't have little letters on your phone, it's one 298 Five five six nine. So we're going to have a break at 20 minutes after the hour and at 40 minutes after the hour, and we'll start taking your calls at 20 minutes after. Uh, the lines are fairly free right now, so if you are hoping to get your question in, I would encourage you to call. I want you to meet the engineer I'm working with today, We have Eric Ryder in the studio. Say hi, Eric. Hey, good afternoon, Debbie. Thank you so much for taking care of everything for me. The microphones are in place. The cameras are up. The the computer screen, the the tabletop, the chair, everything. (laughs) It's a pleasure. Thank you. And those of you that are calling in, you're going to hear that very voice. Eric's voice will be taking your calls and getting you in the queue. So you've heard a little bit about me. I'm, I'm a writing coach. My background is about 25 years of teaching, essay writing, storytelling, mythology, I'd have to say, is my favorite. Also did research writing, that sort of thing, at the community college level. And people have said to me, why aren't you there now? And the only good answer I can say is that I fell deeply in love over and over and over again with my students, but I didn't necessarily fall deeply in love with all of the politics that go along with education. But I worked with them, and I worked with them for a very long time. And then a lovely man named Todd Allen came along and said, you know what, you've got a business in you. Kind of like I tell people now, you know what? You've got a book in you. He told me I have a business in me, that I could be an entrepreneur. And he believed in me and sat me down seven years ago today. He sat me down in front of a microphone and uh, named me his co-host. And really doing that made the last seven years better than I know they could have been. I loved doing that work with him. And I loved finding my own voice as an entrepreneur. So I left the college not because I didn't want to be there and not because I didn't want to have students, 
but because there was an even deeper love growing inside of me to help people write their books. So that's what I do here in the Seattle area, but I do it online. I also, uh, I've had a client as far as Australia. I think that's about as far as you can get from Seattle. I'm not quite sure. But I do these things online as well, and you can find out about my site at www.coachdebbie.com. And that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. So let's think about you for a minute, all right? Let's think about your relationship to real love. I sent out a newsletter today to announce to people there would be this show. And one of the questions I asked is, how do you define real love? And this, this, this is not a trick question. This isn't, you know, well, go get your dictionary and tell me what you have to say about it. it. It's more sit down with your heart for a second and think about that. How do you define real love? Can you come up with a word or a phrase? Can you fall into some sort of story that you've lived through that you would say that that was real love for me? It might be something romantic, but it might not. It, it could be your business. Could be something with your child. Could be, could be something that happened right here in this studio before I stepped foot in here. Who knows? But in your mind, when you answer that question, what is real love? You have some sort of word, phrase, and I would... I would challenge you to think you have some story around real love. I think I told you when I think about real love, I think about the idea that real love is asking me to recognize that my heart needs me. It needs me to celebrate. It needs me to receive something. It needs me to sit with an idea. It needs me to heal. It needs me to reflect. It needs me to write. I'm just sitting here looking out uh, at, I'm not sure what's out there. It looks, looks like a very vast skyline uh, of Bellevue, Washington. And I'm just thinking of the first words that come to me. When I'm... When I'm experiencing what I would call real love, kind of the soil of love, where we plant all our experiences, one of the best words that comes to my mind is presence. When I'm not distracted by, you know, all that stuff, the bills, the projects, the calendars, the people, the nuisance, <laughs> the tragedies, the bad memories, the fear of tomorrow, all that stuff. Real love is something we experience, at least that's my definition, when I can really be present. But I want to know yours. So I want to encourage you to call me. Lines are open and the phone number is one 
KKNW or 5569. I should really learn that phone number, Eric. That'd be that'd be very good of me, yes? You've done a good job <laughs> remembering it. That was off the top of your head again. So. It's got to be written down here somewhere. Let's see. There it is. Okay. I see it now. And I also want to let you know I've got my phone with me. So if any of you are shy, you don't want to talk. I understand that. I sometimes feel that way, too. You can always send me a message on, oh, I'm getting some. You can always send me a message on Facebook Messenger. That's kind of the little direct mail uh, option that Facebook puts in the back of things. And if you send me one, I will definitely get to you, or I'll definitely try. Right now, you have every good chance that we can talk together. And the final option is if you want to write to my email. And that's Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at CoachDebbie.com. Melody, you are the first one in my email, Melody from Connecticut. So after the first break, we're going to take that in about three and a half minutes. I will be getting to you. So what are you coming up with here? Real love, what is your definition? Or if you want to get a little more advanced, what kind of story do you find you hold around real love? Why don't I just tell you a story I have around real love? I want to encourage you, if you want to share a romantic story, it's Valentine's Day and you're welcome to, but I want to encourage you to just Let yourself be as creative and as unique as you like, because we are all here today. We're not out to dinner right now. Am I out to dinner? Am I out to dinner being wined and dined? No. You might be, but I would say put this down and pay attention to your date, okay? This is for you singles. What is your idea of real love? I can tell you, The first person I fell in love with was my mom. I have the most wonderful experiences of just being a little girl. And my mom, you know, when I was like three and four years old, my mom was only 22, 23, single, working a day job, working a night job. I spent a lot of time with grandma with the babysitter but I have this wonderful memory about that age three or four of standing on I I don't know if it was a step stool or a tall chair but I'm standing next to her at the kitchen counter and we are rolling out sugar cookie dough and we're getting ready for Santa and let me tell you I was a firm believer in Santa right All you had to do was start telling me in July to behave myself so that Santa would endow me with gifts, and I would pay attention. I'd listen to that. But there I was, getting ready with Mom to offer these cookies to Santa Claus, probably Mom and her date, but, you know, Santa. And and I just remember all the colors of the decorations that we were going to add to these cookies and just having this time with my mom while she wasn't at work 
And it was the time for me to ask her the 5,000 questions on my mind. Because if you remember, when you're two years old, you're full of questions. You're full of love for life. You haven't really been tainted yet. You haven't been scarred. You don't have a calendar. You're not worried about your job. You don't know what income is. You have a real sense of real love. And for me, it was spending time with mom. It was the most beautiful thing that I could do. It was spending time with my mom. I want you to think about that. What is your definition of real love? Where did it happen? What would you like to share with me? And is there anything you'd like us to iron out? We're going to take a real quick break here, but when we come back, we'll be taking your calls and talking more about real love. Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rhee from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke anime Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie. And this is a wonderful place for you to come to discover your voice and tell your story. I'm a writing coach here in the Seattle area, and we're talking today on Valentine's Day about real love. And I'm asking you to think about, do you have any kind of definition around that, a word, a phrase, a story? If you want to hash that out with me, 
I would love to take your call. I think it'd be a lot of fun to just put our engineer on the spot for a second and ask Eric Ryder, what do you think this idea of a definition for real love? You got one? (laughs) Sure, it's fun for you (laughs) to put me on the spot. Not necessarily uh, fun for me because I I haven't given much thought until today's show on uh, my definition of real love. I feel like it's something that you just feel, you know, rather than you uh, really have an intellectual um, description of, you know. You are so right about that. You A plus. Oh, very well, good. Well, thank you. Very good. That's exactly what I wanted to get at. And I, I promise you guys, I did not tell him to say that. I had no idea what he would say. I wouldn't have stumbled over it as much <laughs> if you had told me what to say. <laughs> you did a great job. We tend to think of real love as something that is felt through us. And I would like I would like to really commend you to go even deeper with that. Any of you listening, if you feel love, real love through you, what does it mean then? to only give love to one human being, you know, to one soulmate. Doesn't that start to feel like we're leaving out everyone else in our experience? I mean, really, if real love means that this is something that we feel, that we experience, that we're called to share, then Why would we only be open to having that with our mate? Hmm. Yeah. Ponder that, right? What if my mother hadn't shared her real love with me? No Christmas stories for you, that's for sure. I wouldn't have anything to talk about. My mother was this constant walking symbol of real love. My mother was all about story. Anytime you would look over toward my mother, you would see her in needlepoint or crochet or knitting or quilting. And it was often because she was stitching together these stories that would comfort people. I know that she made a quilt for me. Really experiencing her real love while she stitched it together that was pink and white, had these squares about them, all kinds of stitching in green and pink, little flowers on them. I want to say I was 14 years old when she gave me that quilt, and I think I was... 37 when I got married and I finally took it off my bed. (laughs) And it was only because, (laughs) Eric, he didn't really like pink. Yeah. Do you still have the quilt, though? Oh, you betcha. Are you kidding me? Yeah, anytime a child comes over to the house and needs a nap, that quilt comes out. Nice. It's just a joy for me. And that's, that's mom expressing her real love. And it, it was something that I pulled up and over myself for years and years and years and years and experienced it. So for the singles that might not be out at dinner right now, 
that might not be wined and dined, I want to invite you to look around and see what is in your periphery that you could say, you know, that grew out of real love. When I came down here to the studio today, the last seven years I've been doing radio, I've been doing it from my home, often in my pajamas. So today I had to make a little effort, you know, shower, shampoo, lipstick, the whole thing, and get across town, across a couple of bridges, in fact. And while I was doing this, I was thinking about the fact that I wanted to take experiences of real love with me, kind of kind of little mementos. So I put a necklace on that my mother gave me. I put earrings in that my brother and his wife gave me uh, when I turned 40. I put uh, another pair of jewelry in my bag just in case something happened that my dear friend Annette Bond gave me. She and I have been doing mastermind groups to improve our businesses. I brought something from Jeanette, something from Antonio, something from Todd. I brought something from Tim. I brought something from John. I brought things from my people. I brought a bunch of things from my students. I brought things from Caroline. And then I lifted my bag, which was quite heavy, But I thought, I just want to bring all these emblems of real love with me. And it feels good. It just feels good, as Eric said, to tap into what is real love. Robert Holden taught me something. Again, he is the Hay House coach. Well, not the Hay House coach. He's the Hay House coach in my mind along with Alan Cohen, but he is a Hay House published author, and uh, his, his uh, show is on Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Hay House Radio. Ooh, can we endorse other shows? Let's hope. And his name is Robert Holden. His show is Shift Happens, and I've been listening, oh, religiously, for four years. But this is something he taught me. He said, love is what you receive when you let go of the things that block love. Love is what you receive when you let go of the things that block love. Well, that got me thinking. What kind of things block love? What do you mean block? And instantly I I sort of had this experience of, that little wall of Jericho we can build around ourselves when we're scared or when we feel guilty. I know how to do this really well. I build a wall. I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. I feel nervous. I'll just build a wall around myself. And when we do that, when I do that, when any of us do that, we're blocking the opportunity to feel love, to first feel the love in ourself, but to also feel how it might be expressed from the world towards us. It could be from the far and distant world. 
like you're, you're reading an article and you're touched by it. It could be from something closer, like you're walking down the street and you drop something and somebody says, is this yours? And they hand it back to you. It could be the sort of love where you're walking arm in arm with your bestie, going out to dinner, getting all ready to catch up on all the greatest news. It could be that you're going to sit down and share a story with your five-year-old. That real love that you want to experience, well, you're not going to have as much of an experience with that big, tall wall. And sometimes we only build short little walls, right? Just short little ones, because it seems logical that we'll still be able to feel love if we can see over our wall, right? But bottom line is we put energy into building a wall instead of energy into coming home to ourself and finding out what's going on here. Why do I feel this grief? Why do I feel this shame? What is going on with me? We're going to go to a caller, or sorry, a writer, and her name is Melody. She has written to me from Connecticut. Melody, thank you for signing up for my newsletter. And she's very, very tapped into this idea. Melody writes and says, Oh my goodness, I am so glad that you have informed me Real love is not just about my soulmate. Hashtag soulmate. Hashtag soulmate. I do have the best. But today I must talk to you about my daughter. I made a choice to go on a retreat with girlfriends to Florida. My screen just went away. There it is. I made a decision to go to a retreat uh, in Florida. However... Due to circumstances beyond my control, my daughter's recital was moved to the day I flew out. I was very, very grief-stricken because of this. I thought, she'll be fine. She's got dad. Dad and I are so tight. What is there to worry about? But as soon as I got off the plane, the phone rang. And it was my little girl screaming in my ear. Why aren't you here? She cried. My husband tried to console her. I just decided to leave it up to them. It made perfect sense to me. I had planned this for six months. This morning, however, I woke up to your newsletter and I woke up to this question about defining real love. I'm feeling like I have rejected her. Maybe I'm of two minds. Can you tell me, have I rejected her? Or was it okay that I came down here? Hashtag having lots of fun with girls. Hashtag daughter screaming. Hashtag what now? (laughs) Um, Melody, thank you. You're really encouraging me to use those hashtags on on Twitter more often. I hope that leads us to some listeners here. we got about five minutes to dive into this. Yes, real love absolutely includes our daughters. Let's, uh, Let's take this in bits. 
Should Melody have not gone on her trip? Oh, come on. Florida? When you live, where do you live? You're in New England? You're in Connecticut. Um, that's almost like a prescription, right? You made this plans with your besties long ago to go to Florida to enjoy the sun. Uh, you hashtagged soulmate a few times, so we know that you got this cleared with your husband. We know that your daughter understood that you'd be away, but it sounds like the problem is that the recital wasn't originally going to interfere. So you have more than just one problem. You you have a recital that got rescheduled and you couldn't be there. You have a daughter who's screaming, and then you have your own feelings. I I really commend you that you're starting with your own feelings and you're asking if you should have handled this differently. I think what's great about this, Melody, is that you are in touch enough to know that we stay connected to real love by staying connected to our feelings. So this might hurt for a bit. This might make you say, what should I do next? I have to check in with my engineer. Am I right on track that we have a break in three and a half minutes? Yep. Okay. This might make you wonder, am I doing the right thing? But what I want to encourage you to think about is not necessarily the right thing, but the feeling. This feeling you have is bringing you back home to yourself. And it's just saying, how can I iron out the things that I thought were all in place before I left? So maybe it's possible that you are so clear how much you love your daughter. You're so clear how much you would like to be there. Maybe it's possible that you are so clear that you've been there, I'm going to guess, for the previous recitals, and that you'll be there for the future ones. You were just missing this one. But somehow in that messaging from you to her, that real, true soil in which our love is planted, somewhere in there, there wasn't enough watering. There wasn't enough attending. And maybe just those words now, I love you, sweetie, and I know you're hurting. I'm hurting too. I want to be there with you, and I will be there for the next one. And then hang up the phone and let your soulmate deal with it. But, you know, get back to Florida. Sometimes we don't say everything that's on our heart before we leave. And sometimes we do. And just the nervousness of the situation brings up all those feelings. But, Melody, I want to commend you. You went straight to the heart of it. You went to your feelings to get connected again to real love. And by writing in, you are really helping us think about these stories of our lives. These are the things that make us feel like I'm not connected. But I want to commend you for doing a great job and getting connected. All right. Before we go to break, I want to answer Don's question. 
How do I stream and listen to this show? We are at www.1150kknw.com. You can also live stream using the app. Go to your app store and download the KKNW 1150 AM Seattle app. And just about all you can do there is listen to my show. So get it. You've got about 20 minutes. We're coming to our break here, and I want to encourage you, it's not too late if you want to put in a call. We're going to be right back. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Ovarian cancer is devastating and difficult to diagnose. It's often only caught in advanced stages, and four out of five women will see the deadly disease return. I knew when ovarian cancer recurs. It's often incurable. It was terrifying, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Until recently, following chemotherapy, women with recurrent ovarian cancer had to simply watch and wait for their disease to come back. Well, we say, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Now, with maintenance therapies, women can extend their time in response and delay recurrence. Knowledge and awareness of your choices empowers you and gives you a greater sense of control. Let's call for a change in ovarian cancer care. The Not On My Watch movement empowers women facing recurrent ovarian cancer to take an informed and active role in managing their disease. Visit notonmywatch.com to learn more. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are spending this time with me. Today we're talking about real love. On our next show, we are going to be talking to a local poet He was my office mate for some time at the college. His name is Ed Harkness. I cannot wait to have Ed on the show. He is a prolific writer. You may have his first book of poems, Saying the Necessary. You may have his more recent book of poems, Ice Children. But I want you to start thinking about what would you like to ask a poet next week? He's going to be here live. He's been writing for years He is a wonderful person to chat up with. We will also be moving into conversations with Women for Ones, Kelly McNellis. 
She'll be coming to us in March to talk about how we get into our messy brilliance. And I love that those two words get to hang out side by, by side. Sometimes when we are most brilliant, we are a bit messy. If you could see the notes I wrote today, you'd understand. We get a little messy. We just had a caller, or, sorry, a writer who asked us a very specific question about real love. She had made plans to go out of town, and her real love confusion was around her daughter. Should I have stayed home, or should I have continued with my plans? Often that's where we get worried. Another great question is, how can I express love to someone that I'm no longer dating? And I want to address this one because this is where romance and romancing has a little bit of overlap. I want you to think about the idea that when you're in a romance, you are, you're with a partner, you're a significant other, but you can romance anyone in your life, which means you can gift them. You can think of them and offer them comfort and love in a language that feels very gifting to them. So when, how can I express love to someone I no longer date? What do they enjoy receiving that in no way is going to muddy those boundaries you've set with them or the boundaries perhaps they've set you and you're, you're really trying to honor them. What is it that they value? I'm trying to think of an example from my own life. Um, I remember a, a recent Christmas when I saw... I saw these bracelets online that had some slogans uh, from AA, and I, I thought of my previous mate who, of course, I still love and I only want the best for, and it occurred to me, you know, his highest values are around his sobriety. And these bracelets that I saw online came in his favorite color, and just for fun, having no idea if they would dangle from the rearview mirror of his truck or if they would make it into the garbage can. I just thought, you know what? I want to romance this person with a little bit of love, a little bit of non-threatening love. And I can tell you, nothing made me happier when one day I saw him on social media doing a Facebook Live and he was kind of, you know how people get very animated with their hands and they're talking with their hands. And I, I saw that he was wearing one of those bracelets. And I thought, oh, good. We're back to the real love. We're back to that place where it's okay to romance someone with a gift and not expect more, but to just be thoughtful and to be kind. Uh, I have uh, a text coming in here that I kind of need to peruse and see if it's relevant to our show here. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. We're going to take this one from from a gentleman named Tim in Washington State. Very nice man that's been working real hard on making sure that we are all safe. He He says here, substance and connection with another or self-care. That sort of sounds like needing to grow up, needing me to grow up, needing me to find the good in humanity and in myself. During the snow event, I was outside as establishment, and the other night I grabbed a bite to eat. I was going to a younger man outside and just asking for a bite to eat. He had multiple cuts and stitches. While he was talking to me, I noticed his face and his eyes, swollen, a little blood on his shirt. I was really hurting for him, so I invited him to eat with us. We were able to talk, and I treated him like a human being. Not making a huge deal about this was the way that he looked, and I realized that he needed more at that moment than just food. He needed to be seen. Oh, gosh, really good point. He needed to be seen as somebody that was worthy, the need to find humanity with others all around us, that sincere care. I have that man on my mind a lot these last few days. I don't know if this is radio content, but this is my story about real love. Thanks, Tim, for holding out with me while I stumbled over a few words there. You are right. This is a beautiful story about real love. It's those moments that are really spontaneous, you know, when we're not being asked to be on target, when we're just living in our own skin, when we're just doing the best we can do, and someone reflects back to us that they need us. They might be a stranger, like in your situation. Here's a man who needed food, for sure, but he needed to know he was worthy. This is so important. We all need someone reflecting back that we are worthy. Why would we limit that to just a soulmate? We need all kinds of people in our life, all kinds of situation. If you're one of those super-duper introverts, and I'm not speaking just to Tim here, but I'm speaking to others, if you're one of those people that just doesn't see others often, Get yourself out in nature and let nature reflect back to you what it means to be worthy, what it means to be worthy of walking on this planet, breathing this air, experiencing this life. I'm realizing right now that I have minutes left, and I wanted so badly to tell you about The Wizard of Oz. And the reason was because that is a story I go back to over and over again to be reminded of these situations that Tim was just talking about. These situations where 
we're wandering. We're like Dorothy. We're on the yellow brick road and we're wandering. And think about the story for a moment and think about those archetypes she came along. Uh, it's kind of a big word sometimes, archetypes. Think about those those childish roles she saw in others, kind of the false heroes she ran into. I mean, the Wizard of Oz, he himself was hiding behind a curtain. He gave off this idea that he was a hero, but he also hid. He had a lot of shadow about him. Think of Think of her friend, the cowardly lion, and all he wanted was courage. Think of that sabotager she met, the, the straw man, and how he just he couldn't connect with his brain. He was constantly coming up with reasons why his brain was so different from everyone else, or his brain was just absent. And the tin man that didn't believe he had a heart. Dorothy was kind of reflecting her experience by coming across all these characters and really coming to know what is it that we, I mean, she was, she was coming to know on her own journey, her own self, but we, the readers, were coming to know These are some of the biggest questions of our life. But to me, that wandering, that wandering down the yellow brick road, that bad dream with the wicked witch, those scary flying monkeys, isn't this sometimes the story of our life? Isn't it that we almost pray to come across a good witch? I want to invite you to think about something here. When I teach mythology to my students, I ask my students to consider the story that inspires you the most is usually a story that's reflecting back to you some kind of journey that involves real love for you. For me, I'll just tell you, I'll just be the vulnerable one here and tell you, That journey, that yellow brick road, Dorothy and those magic slippers, oh, do I relate to that girl. There she is carrying her little Toto doggy. She finds herself in a tornado, and she questions her brain. She questions her courage. She questions if she'll ever have strength. She questions where her heart is, especially when she feels brokenhearted. And she doubts that she can go into the journey of her own heart because there are so many times when it just feels broken. Why go into your heart when it feels broken? I think Dorothy didn't really want to go into her own heart. I think she had to enlist these characters and watch them all play out their shadow and start to feel into her own shadow and her own fears. And as we say when we study the hero's journey, she had to claim 
that she was going into a new experience, a new ordinary. She was leaving the ordinary world that she knew and making a transition into something else. And remember, it was that good witch that pointed her to her shoes. And she just gave her the magic pill. Click these shoes three times and remind yourself there is no place like home. There's no place like home. And today, I really hope I have inspired you to think about the idea that the real place that you're going to find you can be most at home with is your heart. When you embrace that, if you have a soulmate, it's just bonus. If you have a great career, more bonus. If you have a friend that lives next door, fantastic. If you want to write a book, call me. That'd be wonderful too. But it's the relationship we have with our heart. That's our real love. We can add anything to that. I think of my mom. She was the first person that started to show me, to reflect to me, what the experiences of real love are, what it means to rely on something bigger, something grander, to bring me home to real love. We've really run out of time to take new calls, but I just want to encourage you, if you held back If you thought your story wouldn't be good enough, it wouldn't be articulated right, well, I want to encourage you to come and join me next week. All your stories count. You heard me bumble a little over the words of our friend in Washington who wrote in the story about the man that just wanted to feel worthy and how he offered himself to this man. You heard about the story from Connecticut and the woman who went to Florida and how she second-guessed herself. Your story counts, too. I hope you will meet me back here at 4 o'clock next 30, next 30, next week, 4 o'clock on Story You Talk Radio. This is KKNW, 1150 AM.